Hello and welcome into episode 21 on 21. January 21. Tim we are, episode. Let's go. We are into the new year. How are you doing, Zach Dan? It's been a while. Dude, Jordan, I'm doing pretty good. I'm back at school. Uh, this morning I made an omelet, Jordan, and let me tell you, it was so fire. Uh, put some mushrooms, some cheese, some tomatoes in that onions it was it was pretty pretty dang <laughs> you lost um, me as soon as you said mushroom i don't do mushrooms. not a mushroom guy not a mushroom guy at all um it was pretty fire um overall things are good i'm happy to be back what about you man i'm good you know i'm i'm still in dallas for the moment um here i will be in ann arbor making my return to the michigander land um this sunday so That's this is great. my last yeah my last podcast coming to, to you guys from dallas um, right now, it may look like I'm in Ann Arbor because I have a different background here. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, trying to find the quiet places in the house with everyone. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That's not your room. Well, yeah, this is my room. Or um, that is, yeah, that is, that's not the room yeah. you recorded. No, yeah, this is my room. You can see my, my closet that doesn't close, you know, my jersey ball okay. collection. So we're all good here. But um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to have my own space up there. We can do it from across the country. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's not only about sports right now because today is actually January 20th when we are recording this, and today's inauguration day. Just want to shout out Uncle Joe, Joey B, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, President Joe Biden, uh, who has made a feature on our podcast. But uh, congrats! It's a, it's a monumental day. It's American history. So really cool. Did you get to see any of the inauguration today? Yeah, I did. I watched it. Uh, my class was canceled actually this morning. Huh. So nice. I got to watch. It was pretty, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. JLo brought the house down. There's the <laughs> poet laureate did a great job. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. yeah I forget sure. her name, but some uh, Gibson, something Gibson, yeah. <laughs> but she was really good. Um, Amanda, no, Amanda Gibson. Amanda. Yeah. It's Amanda yeah. something. Um, Gorman, not Gibson. Gorman. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I knew it was the G. Yeah. Amanda Gorman. Yeah. She was amazing. Only 22 years old too. I mean, Come yeah. on. What, what are we doing at 21? For real. Making a podcast. Um, Making a podcast. There well, you go. The only thing that has rivaled the inauguration in the last week, um, and really since we did our last podcast, which I'm pretty sure was in 2020. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was in 2020. Um, maybe not. Maybe, maybe we've done one since. Anyway, it's been the James Harden trade, and it's just blown no, me away. That, not 2020, Jordan. What? That's 2021. No, since. I think the last oh, time we did oh. a podcast might have been 2020. Yeah, so, yeah, like, since yeah. we've done one, it's been a while. And still, the biggest news has been this past week with James Harden. Uh, what are your initial reactions? Because we haven't even talked about this. I was shocked um, at that trade. Uh, I thought I honestly thought that they were going to do one for Ben Simmons. I thought that was what was going to happen because I thought the value – uh with something there i guess the rockets are just in full rebuild mode i mean honestly old depot's been looking nice on their roster too uh, yeah. not sure if it'll be sustained but um it looks like they're gonna be uh going for some new franchise players because they don't really have anything there uh, anymore which is unfortunate but um i think that i mean it's not unfortunate <laughs> uh james is looking nice in brooklyn uh i'm not sure what they need to do with Kyrie, but uh it's a good team. They're, they're going to be dangerous. Uh, definitely a heavy contender. 
Now, this is not unfortunate. As a Mavs fan, a Spurs fan, I think we can both sit here and smile when we see the Rockets um, implode. But I heard whispers from my sources, uh, more like the podcast I listen to, that, that aren't ours, um, that the deal was Simmons and Maxi for uh, Harden. And the Rockets were all on board, and the Sixers just would not part with Tyrese Maxey. Um, really? So they wanted the, – the Sixers just wanted to throw in Thibel and some picks and Simmons and call it a day. And the Rockets said, no, we want Tyrese Maxey, which, you know, he's a great young talent. He's a one and done from Kentucky, a guy who's put up 40 already in, in a game this year where Philly had like six players active. Um, but he's good. And I think they're going to kick themselves because I think not only did it not elevate them to another level, but it elevated the Nets. You know, and like where Philly could have competed with the Nets, I think now if everyone's healthy, it puts them in a completely different stratosphere as the Sixers. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Um, that, that's so surprising that, that that was like the deal breaker for them or whatever. I know. Very surprising. Because like oh. he's very unproven, you know, and he's a, he was in the 20s as a pick. Like it's not like you're, fran- you're mortgaging your future, you know, to um, get James Harden here. So I – We'll see how it, how it pans out. Apparently, Kyrie's going to play tonight. Um, this podcast, again, is being taped on January 20th, so we don't know uh, if he's going to be in there against the Cavs, but that would be really cool to see all three of them play. Yeah, it'd be really scary. That's, I mean, ISO, uh, those guys are insane. Yeah. Uh, I know we were talking about this a little bit before, but I do think the one thing the Nets still lack, because um, we, we should talk about this. So, first off, I want to get your – opinion do you think they're better than the lakers if everyone's healthy you think they could win in a seven game series that's tough dude who guards davis that's that's the question because you could put duran on him but then who's taking lebron jeff green (laughs) you know like james harden i don't know um no torian prince no jared allen they're they're all gone yeah i mean um i would i think talent wise the nets have more talent with three superstars as opposed to two. Um, but I th- still think that the Lakers are a better system team than the Nets. At least, I mean, but I don't know, because Steve Nash is also probably going to be a brilliant mind. Mm-hmm. Um, as of right now, I'm taking Lakers just because they're coming off the chip and everything. But I- I'll see how they progress and see kind of how that looks. Um, but talent-wise, the Nets definitely uh, out-talent the Lakers, which is crazy to think about. Definitely out offensive talent them. Like, if you had to say who's going to score more points, you could – I mean, that's the name of the game, right? Like, if you score more points, you should win. So, the Nets do have the offensive firepower. But, like, I, on the other side of the ball, like, I don't know how they're going to get stops at all against guys like Davis. Like, if you put DeAndre Jordan on Anthony Davis, it's just going to be a repeat of when Giannis torched him the other night. Like, that's, you know, it, it's, it's unfair. You can't have DeAndre Jordan playing on the perimeter. That's why – so – that's why I think they lack the depth that they had before. You know, they, had, they have the star power. So I, I showed you this trade, and I want to talk about it, because I think it's one – you can throw out the, the swapping of the point guards here because we don't know how Kyrie's going to fit in. Um, but right now, I'll put it up on the screen for people on YouTube. But uh, here, here's the trade. Brooklyn Nets receive Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker, and Rashawn Holmes for that front court depth. So the Suns receive Kyrie, Landry Shamit, Bruce Brown for salary purposes. The Kings get Jalen Smith, the 10th pick in the draft, uh, and Claxton from the Nets. And the Rockets get Dinwiddie and, and Picks. And, you know, Picks can be scattered here however they needed to be. But those are just the players involved. 
So basically, I think Brooklyn, I mean, you, you can throw out the PG uh, or CB3 um, Kyrie. I really think they need guys like Tucker and Rashawn Holmes for these small ball, tough wing front court defensive lineups where they're going to have to face guys like LeBron, Anthony Davis, Giannis, et cetera. Siakam. That is ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, I mean, honestly, I just don't really see the, <laughs> the value of the Kings doing a trade like that. Uh, like, they're not really getting much back for Rashawn Holmes, who looks like he's taken huge steps forward this, this uh, year. Yeah, they get Jalen Smith, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's a real big question mark. Give him uh, a first. Give him a first rounder. Okay, maybe throw him a couple for – okay. I mean, <laughs> and they can work on developing um, Bagley a little bit more, too, because he yeah. actually – Recently, he's been playing a little better the last couple of games. So maybe he could be something, uh, not just the guy who was picked before Luka. Uh, <laughs> and this way, too, you could have a lineup where you start Halliburton with Fox and Heald. So it's like Fox, Heald, Halliburton, Barnes, Bagley. I don't know. I like ooh, that. That's honestly, that's pretty, that's pretty fire. Uh, honestly, it could work. Here, here's my trade scenario. And you, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can talk about it. Yeah, let's – I say – the Nets send Kyrie to Washington, and they send DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Denwitty to the Clippers in exchange for Serge Ibaka from the Clippers, um, as well as Russell Westbrook from uh, Washington. So you're Reunite bringing, them all. Yeah. What's up? Reunite them all. Reunite them all. You got, you got Westbrook, Harden, Durant, Andy Baca, and Joanne. And Jeff Green. And Jeff Green. There you go. The whole team is back. Uh, some picks will probably have to be exchanged there, right? Send some picks to Clippers because Serge Ibaka is better than DeAndre Jordan. Um, then what he's good that they want – Kawhi has expressed a lot that he wants a facilitator. Um, and the only thing well, is he's a free agent is the only uh, thing. Good point. So you're going to send a ton of picks there. <laughs> Just yeah. float him with picks, which they don't really have anymore. Because uh, he's not going to play this year, so you're going to have to sign him long term. Right, right. Um, so maybe sign, sign Tim Woody long-term now. Offer him like a big contract. Send him that contract. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I think that could be really cool if they brought back. I mean, who wins the trade straight up Westbrook for Kyrie? Right now, I would say Ky- whoever gets Kyrie. But Dude, I but think – doesn't like to play basketball. <laughs> no, I know, I know. You're taking that risk. But I say like at this point – Because Westbrook's also hurt right now. You know, he's, yeah. he's out. I think that you would take Kyrie over Westbrook, but I will say Kyrie is floating down into that like Westbrook, John Wall, semi Chris Paul a couple of years ago when it was like like aging guards where you don't know what you're going to get out of them and they have a huge price tag and right. it's a little risky. Like that's you know that's why I thought it'd be good to swap him and and Chris Paul just because Chris Paul's head is probably more in in the game right now and wanting to win a championship than a guy like Kyrie who already has one under his belt, you know. Yeah. So it's fun. I don't think they're going to trade Kyrie. And I think he's going to come back tonight and have a great game against Cleveland. He looks like he's motivated. He said that he missed the last seven games and he's sorry to everyone. And he knows like that it's people have been upset that he hasn't played and stuff, but he needed the time away. So you got to, you got to take his word for it right now and then see how he comes back. So just like your glasses are making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you see he bought a house for George Floyd's family? I did see that. That's really, I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, he's, yeah. He, I think, I think he's in the right place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And he, apparently, he, like, sat down with each of his teammates individually and, uh, like, talked to them about his actions and stuff. Huh. 
Yeah, he can he can be mature. I mean, he learned under LeBron for a long time. You know, he's not just gonna blow up. Um, yeah. But we'll see how that happens or what happens tonight against the Cavs' former team. Um, other news here: this NFL playoffs is getting kind of crazy, and we've missed all of it because we talked last time. I think it was week 17. It was before uh, the final game. We talked to Jake and. So Washington obviously ends up winning. So great for, great for Jake. Um, but lo- losing the playoffs to Tom Brady, get that. Didn't you pick the Bucks to go all the way? Or is that, am I making that up? Bucks, Bills, you heard it here first. <laughs> and it's looking good. That is an amazing call. Because wow. that could, that could happen. I money on that or something. Uh, you should have. Yeah. It was 27 to 1 at one point. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Wow. Um, you could have won a lot of money because that could actually happen. I mean, Tom, like the Buccaneers look really good and then Mahomes is injured. So there's yeah. definitely a world. <laughs> definitely a world, man. I might've missed out. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's looking like, no, I have the merit though from calling it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's we can always I'm go back to it. That's what I, I was thinking about. I was like, let's look at our predictions and think back. And I'm like, I pretty sure Zach had Bucks bills, which is amazing. Um, well, I will, I do want to give a shout out to Chad Henney, go blue. Um, he came in and had the biggest pass of the day. Also the most fearless run of the day. That was unbelievable. And he was, we were joking about him on the podcast a couple weeks ago in fan mail. It was like that, that rap, it was a star is born and they're making fun of Chad Henney. It was, uh, I forget who, who submitted our fan mail, but, um, it was, it was just like totally bashing him and we had to defend him. It was, uh. <laughs> Plus, I got Henny in the pocket like a dolphin. Uh-huh. A star is born by STS. That's the song. And yet he comes out and he wins a playoff game. So, good for him. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, he definitely earned uh, his money. Um, yeah, and if he has to start again this week, I'm not going to uh, be too optimistic. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Those Chiefs have a lot of weapons. So, it should be a good they game. They do. Maybe the most weapons in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, do you see how easy it was for Tyreek Hill to just run like literally horizontal and break, stop on a dime, catch the ball, fall down, and they had the game? It was an animal, bro. They, they, I mean, they're, they're just such a good team. Travis Kelsey might be the best all-around receiver in the league. Yeah. Crazy. That was one of my better investments was um, drafting ta- um, Travis Kelsey in the second round, spending that early draft stock on a tight end. Only do it if it's him. Yeah, that's the only person you do it on, really. Although you had the Waller pick, and that turned out to be pretty good too. But it was it was later in the draft than yeah. the second round. So, yeah. Um, well, on the other side, I uh, I'm still a believer in Aaron Rodgers. I know Tom Brady's looked great, but I'm still going with my man, future. Bro, uh, I cannot MVP. believe. I, I coming back to predictions for a second. I do remember in the beginning of the season I said that he was gonna <laughs> go under. And this might be his best season ever. <laughs> so as, as much of these calls I get right, there's plenty I get wrong. But everyone had that. Like in fantasy drafts, Rodgers was going after Breeze. People were comparing them and saying that Breeze had the better weapons. Michael Thomas coming off a record catch year. Like Breeze was better suited to have a, a great year than Rodgers. And man, like could they look any different? I mean, yeah. Breeze I mean, is Rogers miserable. Is, is the GOAT, man. He's uh, not the GOAT, but he's up there. Yeah. He, I mean, he, 
he could be. If he wins this and an MVP and then wins one more Super Bowl, I think with the level of talent that he's had and as miserable as it's been and how good he's made his receivers, it's pretty impressive how he... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I'd say in terms of his talent, his raw talent, he's definitely in, in the debate in terms of, yeah, I mean, like in terms of what he can do. Um, I, I feel like Tom Brady holds it pretty high. But um, Rodgers has the single best play I have ever seen in my career. Uh, not career, that? but like in, in my career watching the NFL uh, from my couch as a lazy American. I, I was watching, it was the Cardinals and Packers a few years back in the playoffs and they were down seven with like three seconds to go. He takes a snap and Arizona blitzed on a Hail Mary. It was like 50 yards out. And so he rolls as soon as he gets the snap because he knows they're coming and he just heaves it up. And this guy, Jeff Janis, who is undrafted, not still in the NFL. Like this dude was horrible off the practice squad. He goes up and makes the catch perfectly, obviously, because the ball's right where it has to be. It, it was, it's one of the best. I mean, they lost in overtime, but it's one of the best plays I've ever witnessed and that just shows you like Aaron Rodgers is captain clutch you know like whenever you need a throw to be on the money it's on the money it's there I'm excited for this weekend and we're seeing a clash of the goats yeah for sure it's the first time they've ever met in the playoffs so wow yeah they've been on opposite sides and they never made it to the Super Bowl both of them it's the Kobe LeBron we never got to see wow that's actually wow that's really cool yeah so should be a good one um all right I want to I want an update Going back to the NBA, uh, I want to hear how fantasy basketball is going because all this football talk has made me craving some fantasy, and I just got to know how how's your team doing? I'm actually beating Noah this week. I don't want to I don't want to rub <laughs> in. Uh, you'll see later. We talked to Noah, but uh, um, yeah, my team's my team is doing well. And, um, I have my my problem is I have Karis Levert who might be out for the rest of the season with a lump on his kidney, which I mean, scary scary stuff. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has been facing some injury problems, but he's insane when he plays. Uh, definitely one of the best statistical players in the league by far. Uh, I made a trade with, uh, with uh, one of my friends recently where I got Trey Young for Gordon Hayward and uh, DeAndre Hunter. And now since Danilo Gallinari is coming back, I think DeAndre Hunter is starting to slow down. Uh, so he made the trade? What's up? He accepted the trade? He accepted the trade. So uh, now I have Trey Young. Oladipo is looking nice. Paul George, Siakam, Cat, um, D'Lo. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good team. Who are your waiver wire pickups of the week? Uh, my biggest one recently was Emmanuel Quickly. Um, the Knicks. He's been stepping up recently for the Knicks. Uh, people were saying like he was like steal the draft. Uh, so that was a pretty big one for me. Um, also, I got Tyrese Maxey a little bit on the later end, though, so I haven't gotten his, like, insane production because since Seth Curry's in back, but hopefully, like you're saying, they value they value him high, so hopefully he'll get some more minutes and uh, will be a really important part of my team in the future. All right, so you pick up the Kentucky rookies. That uh, seems like a good plan. Um, well, yeah, fantasy basketball, I feel like, has just been all over the place with COVID. I don't know how you're managing it. It seems like it's uh... – it's been like team, different team every week that goes down. Were you, um, were you excited when you heard the Karis LeVert trade news or was that, were you upset? Not, not like before the injury, just knowing that he was traded from the Nets. Was that like, I, a, I was excited because every night where Durant or Kyrie or something would sit, which was fairly often, uh, especially with Kyrie, um, like Karis LeVert would go off in fantasy. Like <laughs> everyone was like, uh, he, he'd become like one of the best fantasy players, like by far. 
Um, and then I was like, okay, now he's going to be like that role, but like number one on a team, arguably. Um, but now he might be out for the season. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I was getting pretty hyped up. People were like offering me like, oh, yo, take uh, Durant for Karis LeVert. <laughs> uh, but uh, not looking as good now. I almost did a Zach Levine, Karis LeVert. It, it was like more involved in that. And mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of regretting not taking that deal now. Yeah, I like Zach Levine. We, we're going to talk about Zach Levine with Noah in a little bit. Um, forgot to mention at the top that we have a, a special guest, Noah Rubenstein of the Smoking Cuban. He's going to join us again, our resident Mavs expert, to just talk about what's been a pretty abysmal season so far. But, um, yeah, I, I would be happy about Levert, too. It's really scary, though, that he uh, has this mass on his kidney. It's crazy that the trade could, like, could save his life. I mean, Yeah, it really, it really might have saved his life. That's, that is crazy. It's amazing. Because they, um, they only did that physical on him because he was traded. Yeah, I know. It's not like he had a problem and came in with that. And right. props to the Pacers for not just, like, refusing him because that showed up on his physical. Like, working with him and still believing in him as a player and wanting to rehab. Um, but, yeah, that's a situation that I know you'll be monitoring. Um, also, want to do a little update on our awards predictions. So, I just want to shout out. I was watching NBA TV last night. Uh, Jordan Clarkson leads the league in bench points per game with a 17. So that's that's promising for my sixth man of the year pick. And then who did I, who did I call for that? Um, you know, I'm gonna have to look back. I don't know who you called for six. I think I called. Um, did I call Lou Williams? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, he's been pretty miserable. Um, but I know Clarkson's looking good. And then Chris Boucher. I don't know who you had for most improved. Oh, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. He's been out. Um, but Chris Boucher was my most improved and he, he has 40 straight 20 burgers. Uh, he has five out of his last six games. He's put up 20. He has upped his scoring and rebounds from six and four last year to now 17 and no 16 and seven with two and a half blocks a game. He, uh, he just hung 21, 10 and three blocks on eight to 12 shooting against the Mavs totally just torched us. So he's looking decent. Um, you're your MVP pick, Luca. He needs uh, he needs the Mavs to turn it around a little bit, but better than my MVP pick with Dame because the whole Blazers team is injured. So, yeah, I call I actually called the uh, Kuzma six man of the year, which is okay. Is he starting though, or no? He's coming off the bench. I think he's coming off the bench. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but um, yeah, Lamelo is looking insane for my rookie of the year. Yeah, pick. looks yeah, pretty clear too. now. Uh, that dude, that dude is a monster. Uh, he leads all rookies in points, assists, rebounds, and steals. Jeez. More and he doesn't than even five. start. He doesn't even start on that. He doesn't team. even start. Um, that guy is a beast. He's going to be a future face of the NBA, 100%. Um, Lamelo Ball is, is legit. Can confirm. My first all-star appearance of the year, uh, or of his career for this year, of Jalen Brown is looking decent. I think Jalen Brown's going to get an all-star nod. Uh, I do want to just substitute. I know it's not allowed, but it, I wish I had made the CJ McCollum pick um, because he's now he's injured. I wish I had subbed him for Malcolm Brogdon just because I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to be an all-star out East. He's been looking really nice. Um, I wish I would have said Julius Randle. Yeah, man. That's man. The Knicks, that is the most surprising story I would say of, um, of the NBA season so far because they, I mean, not only were they not expected to be good, like they were expected to finish last and they're currently seven and eight, which is 
a huge win for where they thought they were going to be. Nah, I don't want to hear that. It's the Spurs, dude. The Spurs are doing insane. They're the top of our division right now. Um, everyone was like saying, oh, Popovich is so old. He's 72 years old. How is he going to connect with all these young guys? He's doing it. He's the greatest coach of all time. And they're right now on pace to be in the playoffs. So people were saying, oh, they're going to be a top five pick. Are you kidding me? Um, okay, but like they had, the, they had the great wins over the L.A. teams. But like they beat the Timberwolves twice, the Thunder, the Rockets, like the Blazers. Okay, like you had a pretty that's easy That's three solid wins. <laughs> Okay, but let's see. Let's see a t- oh my god, the Spurs stretch is ridiculously easy. Still, you literally have the Warriors, then our depleted Mavs team, COVID Mavs, the Wizards, Pelicans, the yeah. Celtics. Who knows how they're going to be at that point? The Grizzlies, who are on and off injured, Timberwolves again, Warriors. Oh, we're making the playoffs, but you're telling me. Hornets, Pistons, Cavs, Knicks, Thunder. Pelicans, like what, what? You get the Knicks again? What? Huh. What is this? I like it. That's what I. That's that what just I means like that means your the end of your season is gonna be miserable. But I honestly, Wait, our beginning of our season was not easy. We've been doing pretty well. Like we've played some pretty hard teams. Well, I'll tell you, the Pelicans, for some reason, not being able to figure it out, has opened the door for a team like the Spurs because the Pelicans, on paper, with even though they lost Drew Holiday, adding Bledsoe and Stephen Adams to a team with a Zion in year two and an all-star Brandon Ingram and Lonzo developing like that, that should be a playoff team on paper. That should easily be a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely. So Spurs are looking kind of nice with, uh, with having that out of the way. Um, then the thunder though, are making things a little interesting. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Cause right now the Mavs and the nuggets aren't in the playoffs. So like we're going to have to nah, see how that works. I want the Mavs to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think, I think we all do. Uh, at least the national media does for Luca, but, um, yeah. I would love to see the Mavs finally figure it out. We're going to talk to Noah about that soon, though. Um, and unless you have any other words on the NBA, I think we should just go right into the chat with Noah because it's, uh, it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, when we come back, we will have Noah Rubenstein of the Smoking Cuban here to talk some Mavs basketball. So stay tuned on Unmasked. And we're live with our special guest, Noah Rubenstein. Welcome back to the show, Noah. Resident Thanks for having expert. me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, so we just wanted to talk a little bit about the Mavs today. Um, it's definitely been a rocky start to the season, six and seven. I know that um, we're both pretty active on Mavs Twitter, and people are really quick to jump to conclusions and panic and, you know, try to drop all these different trades i want to know your initial reactions overreactions whatever you think is going on right now with the mavs yeah so because of the whole sinclair fight the fox sports situation i'm streaming games now on league pass um and because of that i'm like two usually like 30 seconds behind so my twitter during games is thankfully less mainly during commercials because it makes me so angry. I almost throw my phone. It's so brutal. I unfollowed like 30 people after the last game. But anyways, um, I would say that it's impossible to make a reaction on exactly where this team will be yet. 
because if you take away three starters from any team in the NBA, they're going to be significantly worse. We have yet to see Josh Richardson, Luca, Maxi, and KP all play together ever. So we've yet to see and Dorian Finney-Smith, and I would say that's probably our best starting five. Mm -hmm. Um, And teams are going to keep playing box and one against Luca, and we're going to have people that are not NBA level three point shooters around him. And I think Luca said after the last game, I only took 11 shots because every time I come off a screen, I have four guys around me. So it's frustrating because in a shortened season with a loaded Western conference, every game kind of matters a lot more, but I'm not ready to overreact yet. I think we're still a top five team in the West. And you said like, that we have people out right now and guys who are starters, those are also three of our best defenders, Kleba, Richardson, Benny. Like, those guys matter on the defensive end. I know you wrote a lot um, for the Smoking Cuban about, like, the defensive prowess of the Mavs this year. Does that impress you so far? Yeah, I think they're a lot more committed. And like you said, we're missing our three best defenders. And the guys that we're putting out there aren't bad defenders, but I think it has to do with being a super young team. When – you have Josh Green, Luca, KP, Wesawundu, guys that are just starting in the league, even though there's some – Luca's obviously established, but when your shots aren't falling on offense, then your motivation on defense gets worse, especially when you're 19, 20. Like, I don't like playing defense very much, so. <laughs> what about Dwight Powell? What's, what's his deal right now? I think he's terrible, but <laughs> I'm not sure that Willie Cauley-Stein is so much better – because he, I th- I've never seen someone miss so many dunks in my life. <laughs> oh my God, worst hands in the NBA, easily. Yeah. He, so as a rim protector and as a post defender, Willie Cauley-Stein is significantly better. Like w- leaps and bounds, he makes Powell look like a D2 college player. But they keep putting Cauley-Stein to guard people on the perimeter. He guarded Siakam and Giannis on the perimeter. And I can tell you that it was just an automatic bucket every time because his lateral quickness is just awful. Like, it looks like his feet are getting tangled half the time. But Powell, when he puts the ball on the floor, it's like a thing on Mavs Twitter. If a team falls for Dwight Powell's pump fake, they must have just watched zero film because he, he pump fakes with no intention of shooting. He, his offense, he's, a, he's really good against second units. He's a good rim-running lob threat against second units, but he is a, he's a pushover. He's a doormat on D. And against top centers and top forwards on offense, he can't blow by them or overpower them. So that's a problem. There's no one on the Mavs who could guard Jokic in a seven-game series right now that would give me um, at least a little bit of no, confidence. No, no. I actually disagree because the Mavs have the one Jokic stopper in the whole NBA. He just only plays against the Nuggets. Boban? Boban. Yeah. <laughs> Boban. Boban yeah. shut down the league with 34 against the Nuggets. And then we beat the Nuggets and he played really well. And obviously it was on TNT. So we got to see Shaq say, you rang like a million times. <laughs> and one of my friends is a huge Nuggets fan. And he's like, I really hope they don't play Boban. But, but that's you like can't a, play him the whole game. Like no, you, you can't. can't give him He's 25 up. minutes. Also. Yeah. Yeah. But with KP and Porzingis down there, once Porzingis gets his legs under him, because he misses every three short right now. But having two seven-foot shot blockers, I think, has been really key to our, making our defense a lot better. 
Yeah. Are there any center targets that you would go after in the trade market and push Dwight Powell to the second unit? I think that we should use our assets for something else and try to find like someone that gets bought out or someone on the low um, at center, because I think it's easier to find a serviceable center than it is to find what I think is actually maybe a bigger need than a center for us. So, which I can talk about after, but I think, I mean, if we can get Drummond for cheap, then sure, they have a bajillion centers or even JaVale McGee, except I hate JaVale McGee. Um, we're never going to get P.J. Tucker because the Rockets and the Mavs never trade with each other, ever. And Mark Cuban and, well, now the previous people are gone, but they never trade with the Rockets. But for a few second-round picks and someone else, I keep seeing everyone throwing James Johnson's contract around. It's very tradable. But I would rather see us get a playmaker like someone who can score because when you the problem is is that when you have Brunson Hardaway Trey Burke Josh Richardson you really only need one of them to be good like really good on a given night but when you only have Trey Burke or only have Brunson they're not consistent so they could both be bad and then they can just quad team Luca and it's over I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I guess I could pose this as a question back to you. Is there anyone other than Luca on the Mavs with five minutes left in the fourth quarter that you would trust with the ball to score? Aside from a Hardaway between the legs pull up three that always seems to go in, I don't think anyone on, on the Mavs yeah, I would no. trust. No, not even like, Hardaway. <laughs> and maybe Hardaway once every three games. Right. He, and so and it's Porzingis fine. is too timid in that situation. I don't, I don't think I would give him the ball either. Yeah, right now, maybe in like 30 games, like he'll hit a fit post fadeaway, but he doesn't really have a good post game yet. He's just a yeah. tall shooter, in my opinion, which is fine. He's awesome, but. I, I agree, though. A, a confident scorer. Like, that's why I texted Zach a, a trade uh, idea. It was Zach Levine. And I know that's like a huge idea on Mavs Twitter right now, but like, I think someone like that who has a scoring prowess, I don't know what your opinion is on him, but. He always Griffin would be just Mavs. big on Zach Levine. It might, be, it might just be because of the last names, but uh, <laughs> he was telling me about that. <laughs> I, would, I would be happy with Zach Levine at the right price because then you can't double Luca as easily. Right. Because right now with six people out, you triple Luca and we kick to Wes Awundu in the corner and it's a brick <laughs> like seven times out of ten. Maybe so eight what times would they out of give ten. for Zach Levine? It, it would be Brunson. It would have to be either Hardaway or Richardson's contract. It, it wouldn't be both. It would be one of the two. And then it would probably be Finney because he's on a great contract. He fits the timeline for them. And then you'd have to throw in a couple picks. picks. Yeah. And maybe James Johnson's contract. Yeah. It just strips away all the defense. But it was, we don't have picks. So, like, there's no – you'd have to go to 2025, 2027 if you're looking for a first-round pick. And, I, and looking at how, like, there's no value for first-round picks anymore and you can just command, like, if you're Robert Covington, two first round picks, we would have to throw in two. So I, I don't know how doable that yeah, is. Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day that said first round picks are great until they turn into Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker. <laughs> but he's been good, the, like yeah. recently, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> you're only the first round picks that are late in the draft are only good if you're the Spurs and you can turn them into Kelton Johnson and Lonnie Walker. DeJounte Murray. Yeah. yeah, literally. And, uh, Devin White, or whatever his name is. Not Devin White. Derek White. The Spurs are 86. Yeah, dude. Everyone is saying, oh, they're going to get a top five pick in the draft. Nah, bro. We're going to be in the playoffs. 
Aren't they Coward leading the division? Ball. What's up? Yeah, they're leading the they division. Are. But I think that if you, I think the Mavs are still like minus four hundred to win the division. Um, yeah, in, in Vegas. But uh, but I think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. To everyone's surprise. I yeah, I just think that when we had other guys that could dribble the ball, our clutch issues would be so much better because it wouldn't be so predictable. That, that's why I think we sucked in the clutch last year. We were so predictable. And when we, we just don't have anyone that's going to hit shots. I looked, there's like this NBA math account on Twitter that shows the total points added on a graph. Luca is by far like the most points, the highest possible you can be on offense and extremely high on defense. Yeah, he's like yeah. top three in the league, and everyone else on the Mavs is negative on both. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Luca was top right, and I saw on one of them it was like third year players, and Marvin Bagley was bottom left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor guy. And Trey Young is bottom right, like yeah. literally like minus twenty on defense. Right, his defensive liability. Yeah. So okay, so your overall reaction here is don't panic. You think the Mavs will be okay, but explore trade options that make sense. Yeah, we're definitely – like, the Lakers are still way better than us. I don't know that we would be – I don't think we could beat the Clippers in seven games unless playoff P comes back. <laughs> and, I mean, the Nets are better than us. I still think that we could have – I still think we match up pretty well with the Bucks, honestly, for some reason. Like, yeah, we never. just can't score right now. Like, we literally cannot score. Thank, I mean, I, Miles Turner's out, so we'll see how tonight goes. But – it's still we have to start strong because otherwise they're gonna get down on themselves and then either Luca's not gonna pass or he's gonna pass too much. And he'll be fine. We'll be fine. I just maybe I really hate him so much, but like maybe we're gonna have to go after a guy like Buddy Heald on the lo- lower end. Your neighbor. If he like your neighbor. If he gets pissed off again at Sacramento, he might not now that Vladdy's gone. But someone I don't know how we're gonna afford Zach Levine at this point. And Bogdanovich is gone too. I feel like Hild is going to stay put. I don't know. The pipe dream is Bradley Beal. That's never going to happen. Nah, I think the next tier is Zach Levine, and I think that could be doable. But you just have to be comfortable with parting with a lot of assets. I just I don't think see if you, how they give up that many assets. I think Maxi has to go. Really? Wow. I think he's. I. I mean, no, I don't want him to go. I'm saying I think he's highly valued. Yeah. In the, the NBA. Contract. But I think that a contender would want him more than the Bulls because he's like 28. Or I just 29. feel like the Mavs need that defense. Like you saw that yeah, against yeah. the Bucks. He's the Giannis stopper when we play the Bucks. Like yeah. that's who we need. <laughs> he's the Kawhi yeah. stopper. He's the primary defender. And I think that one thing that they've shown so far, even when they didn't have KP, is they can win games in ways that they didn't last year. So there were a lot of, I think our first six games or something. Or whatever. Our first six wins, five of them, when we were six and four, five of our wins, we held opponents to under uh, 95 points. We did that like 10 times all last season because we couldn't win games like that. And even though Josh Richardson has been very poor offensively, he adds so much on defense. Um, Like his defense on Jamal Murray in that game when we won in overtime was really good on Tyler Hero when we played the Heat was really good. And I've liked James Johnson also. I just yeah. think he's a second, third unit type guy, not 
our first guy off the bench, which is why we're sucking right now. He hits timely threes when Luca kicks it out to him, and then he'll airball yeah. the open ones. But you know, oh my god, his shot has the biggest rainbow arc <laughs> of like anyone in the NBA. You like him shaved or with the blonde dreads more? The reason why I like him shaved is because it was painful to watch the games when he had that hair with my dad because every time he did anything, I'd have to listen to a five-minute rant of how awful the hair was yeah. for my dad. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't, I don't really care. I think he looked older with the hair, too. Like, he looks more like his heat self now, a little bouncier. Yeah. Uh, I, I think also Trey Burke, um, like you said with Richardson, is, is the defensive anchor. I think Trey Burke is stepping into that Seth Curry role, too, recently. Like, he's not as good of a shooter, but I think the combination of Richardson and Burke, if they're both on the court, replace a lot of what um, yeah. we're missing. Did you see the that Brunson? on the Raptors that Trey Burke yeah. did? That was insane, yeah. dude. He, like, fully extended his body. Smooth. Like, so graceful, yeah. He was a Michigan, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Hardaway. Yeah. Same team. I don't like, right. I don't like the Burke-Brunson lineups together. Yeah. Because they both dribble the ball, like, crazy amounts and then one of them is just useless yeah. not useless but that's the thing he's good also like one in every three games he's really good one in every three games and then he's like below he just like doesn't do anything and so that's the problem when we don't have four inconsistent guys at least one will go off but now we just have two and so if they both suck we we just suck <laughs> yeah you see how like burke going off doesn't do anything if Hardaway goes 0 for 7 from 3. Like, you need yeah. some consistency more than just one guy. That's why a Levine trade, I think he brings that to the table. But, you know, we'll see if the Mavs have that in the cards. Mavs are a trading team, so can never count. Yeah. Not only the inconsistency, but all it's, it's partially that they're just inconsistent players, but also the COVID and the injuries make their rotations inconsistent. So they don't – they're not used to, like, when they get their rhythm – or they're playing with different guys every night and other, there are good passers other than outside of Luca, but it's just sometimes like some people aren't used to playing together. So. Yeah. All right. Well, final predictions for the season. I think we'll still be four, five bottom, at least five in the West. At least meaning like five or lower. Five or like, like three to six. Four okay, to six, okay, four okay. to six. I don't know if you meant like four a top six. five seed or bottom five. Or like bottom we're five. avoiding the playing tournament. Gotcha. I will be so sad if we're in seven because I don't, we're, I don't want to play in that tournament. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that I don't want to play the Spurs, dude, in that tournament. <laughs> Spurs will be bottom of the West by then. There's no way. There's no way they'll be below Minnesota. No. They might be worse on defense than we were last year. Who they Minnesota? are so bad. Yeah, yeah they're bad. so bad. It. They have so much talent there, too. It's just, like, so Well, Pat has been out forever. Yeah, that's true. But even when he's there, they're not that good. They're just not a good team. Yeah, it's... He was was starting off hot, or, like, kind of hot. He's looking not so good. He's Uh, fine. They just don't have anyone. They don't have anyone else. Like, they need Jared Vanderbilt to, like, play big minutes. Zach, they need your Kevin Love trade. Kevin, yeah, dude, Kevin Love. Just a yeah. little bit of something, man. Anything. He's hurt, right? Kevin yeah, Love. Yeah, hurt. Yeah. Oh, that. That's sad, though. They have them and the Cavs and the Magic. I think have a combined like eight point guards injured. 
Oh my god. Wow. It might be like three, but I like to over exaggerate, so we'll go with eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, actually. And Jonathan Isaac, if you count him as point guard. Yeah. He's not, but you know. <laughs> decimated. All right. Well, oh. thank you for coming on. Do you have anything to plug? Um, your smoking Cuban work, your Twitter account, throw it out there. Oh, Noah R five six. And I have one question. I'm trying to settle an argument. Okay. Do you think cheese whiz is a condiment, or just a cheese, or can it be both? Huh. I never thought about that before. I don't think it's a condiment. You do I, or don't? I don't. Do you consider like, is like chocolate syrup a condiment, you know, or like something yeah. on top of stuff like as an like if, added bonus? I'm just curious. I think I'll it tell is. You I'm, on the, I'm on the opinion that it is. Okay. Zach's on my side. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, I guess it could be both, but. Uh, yes, but that, that works too. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Go Mavs. Peace. And we are back on Unmasked. That was um, a good conversation with Noah. Glad you're putting the glasses back on. Back on, baby. Um, no, I think uh, I think he raised a lot of good points. I think the Mavs don't need to panic right now. Got a good team, a team that took two from the Clippers last year. But, you know, I think there's still some improvements to be made. What do you think about Zach Levine? Zach Levine is – a great he could be an enigma for the Mavs um I think my friend Griffin you know Griffin uh Griffin Griffin Levine's main point about him was he he's good off the ball too uh which could be really complimentary to Luca um because Luca kind of needs the ball in his hands which is great um so I think Zach Levine could be a good like second piece even over Kristoff's uh to Luca and he's a, I mean he, this guy lights it up dude and he's like a consistent scorer um, I, I think he'd be a great addition to the team. And he's also, like you said, like a great shooter off the ball. So when Luca does kick it to the corner, it's not Wes Awundu, you know, it's Zach Levine, which would be really nice. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board for that, depending on how much it would cost. But in, in the past, I've been so specific. Like, I don't want to give up any of the young assets. Look, if we have to give up JB, if we have to give up Richardson, like Finney, whatever, Kleba, I'm a little – Hold on. I know Noah said he would have to go. I think the Mavs are going to like his defense too much to give him up. But the younger guys, like if they have to give him up, them up, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, whatever it takes, I, w- I want a third score because. Okay, Mavs- let's, say, let's say hypothetically they give up Josh Green, Josh Richardson, and uh, like Dor- Dorian Finney. Dude, their defense, that takes away all their defense. Separate. I guess, but, but Kleba's a good defender. Levine's serviceable. And I, I mean, I think that would be fine because you would end up getting a player probably in the buyout market um, because you're giving away three players and you're, you're taking in one, you become more of a contender. And Porzingis also is a, is a decent defender. Willie Colley Stein can protect the rim somewhat. You're going to have rotational players that you can slide in there. I mean, I don't think it affects it that much right now. We've been missing um, our top three defenders and the, the games have not been, like huge scoring blowouts. We've been playing well on defense. I think guys are stepping up. Luke has improved as a defender. I think it would be doable. I don't think it would be the end of the world, but I do think they would be more likely to give up Hardaway's contract 
than Josh Richardson's just because of Richardson carries over into next year. And if you're giving it to the Bulls, they probably want an expiring. And so you would just be missing that scoring piece, which I think you get back with Levine. So, okay. But we'll see. Josh Green doesn't play that much anyway. Um, and I, I think that they can figure out ways. Carlisle can get the most out of, out of guys defensively. And plus, last year's de- um, team was horrible defensively. And I think that this would be a better scoring version of that team. So, uh, will be interesting, though, to see what happens. The trade deadline, I don't think, is until March. Uh, the Bulls actually are playing decent. So, I don't know if they're going to trade Levine. But yeah, but they're playing, like, like you said, decent. So, like, what's the point of playing decent anymore? Yeah. Did you know? You want to win or you want to lose, I feel like. When, when they played the Mavs the other day, their starting lineup had Levine and Markkanen, who are two promising. That's like the, the wish version, the starter kit version of Luka and KP. Uh-huh. Um, and then they had their top, their top ten picks from – or, like, maybe top five even from the last three years. So, you had – or I guess when Obi Wendell and uh, yeah, and Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams yeah. That was the rounds out their starting five. Like that should be if you if you like went in and and progressed them in two K. Like in three years, that should be an elite team in the East. But yeah. they're not going to keep all them together, and they're not all going to develop at the same speed. But still, that's a good point. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Also, why are they just so good against the Mavs? I know they I, they caught us on a game where we we didn't have Luca in Chicago, and then in a game where our whole bench was out with COVID. But I feel like they always play well against the Mavs. Yeah, it's just it's just a thing. I don't know. It's <laughs> annoying. Mavs play down to the competition. That's a trend. Um, <laughs> regardless, though, it was good catching up with Noah. Uh, it'll be nice to see what happens there. Um, and <clears throat> if we're gonna get into today in history, I think we should do it now because it is a very very lengthy today in history it's got a lot of good juicy stuff uh starting in 1954 when bob Cousy is the nba all-star game mvp the fourth all-star game ever four years later bob pettit is the mvp and so i'm admittedly not the best with basketball history beyond mm, the 1980s but you are for some reason like the basketball historian from the 50s or the 70s because you know all the players. So I want to know, was Bob Cousy better than Bob Pettit? Because I feel like you have a story or statistics on all these guys. Um, I know that they say that Bob Pettit was like, is always the most underrated, like in uh, like, like great debates and stuff. Bob Cousy's always like underrated in terms of like greatest point guard debates and stuff. Um, I know, I think they say Bob Pettit's like the franchise guy for the Hawks to this day. Uh, probably, probably like more contemporary would be Dominique Wilkins, but Bob Pettit was more winning, um, has more success. I don't really know the exact stats on either of them. I know I, I feel like the the difference is is that Bob Cousy was kind of like a secondary player to Bill Russell in his prime, right? But you don't really hear about Bob Cousy as much, even though he, he was great, great facilitator, all that, um, great in two K. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, do you play with them on two K? Sometimes, if I land on the the Hawks. <laughs> uh, it sounds like something you go bird, but um, I would say I would say overall I would take Pettit. Okay, interesting. I couldn't even told you who Pettit played for, and I'm someone who considers myself like a pretty big basketball enthusiast. I just I don't know. It's like it's like it starts with Julius Irving in my mind. I don't you know like the, yeah. the history of basketball. Like Wilt happened, and then it was like it's like the different eras are just very cloudy until we get to really Michael Jordan mid '80s. So Pettit has a championship and two MVPs. Um, 
and he was like the score. He was on the All NBA first team ten years in a row. Wow. Uh, rookie of the year, two time scoring champ. He he was pretty. He has a pretty illustrious career. People don't even know about. Uh, whereas Bob Cousy also, I mean, this guy has all the all those chips from. Uh, he has the kind of yeah all those chips from Russell. Um, He's carried. Yeah, I mean, he has an he has an MVP as well. Uh, he has six titles, six titles. So not all of them from Russell, but uh. Huh. He would, yeah, but um, I wouldn't say he was carried, no. Uh, I'd say it's like a you know, Kobe Shaq kind of deal, right? Okay, uh, okay. Or stock, more like Stockton Malone, probably. Except never winning a cha- championship, so. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Stockton and Malone, like, when there was no Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, so, so you're saying that, that Kuzi's like Kobe, and you said Pettit won Rookie of the Year, so you're basically calling him Michael Carter-Williams? Is that what I'm – I'm basically calling him Michael Carter-Williams. Okay. Just checking. See, I'm good with your shot. I'm good with modern history. Like I could tell you anyone, uh, anyone who's in the last 15 years, um, which is bad. I should talk to my dad more. But as we saw, my dad's not great with names or faces, so um, it's a, it's a struggle. Uh, 1973, OJ Simpson was MVP of the Pro Bowl. Um, that is an underrated player and man. Uh, 1990, John. We're gonna Mackler. have a whole podcast. Okay. <laughs> That was what's the day that uh, that everything happened? Was that I think it was 1991? Yeah, something like that. I think it was it was uh, because ESPN made a 30 for 30. 1994. Okay, so this was four years before um, everything went down. Oh no 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 no! I'm looking at John McEnroe becoming the first expelled from the Australian Open. That was in 1990. OJ Simpson was in 1973. It was 21 years before the chase, so we're good. Uh, yeah, John McEnroe, 1990. Then uh, this one is is the big one, uh, 2010. Kobe, rest in peace, um, coming up on his anniversary in a couple days, um, which is really sad. But he became the youngest ever to hit 25K at 31 years and 151 days. He hit 25,000 wow. points. So that sounds like meaningless numbers, right? 31, just over – it's like 31 and a half is when he hit it. Um, that sounds like nothing. Let me, let me contextualize this for you, okay, just a little bit. So to give reference, James Harden is 31 and 148 today, like 31 and 148 days. So like tomorrow when this comes out, it'll be 149 days. Still, it's two days younger, but it's like basically where Kobe was at when he hit 25,000. It's where James Harden's at now. And he is at 21,226 wow. points after that Bucks game. Um, so he's nearly still like before this Cavs game tonight, 4,000 behind Kobe at the same age. And Harden is considered one of the game's all time best scores. Let's make this even crazier. Steph is 32. So older than Kobe's age. And he hasn't even hit 17 K Dame is still 30. He has like another year, but he is, he's just hit 15,000 and Kobe had 25,000 a year after Dame. Luca is almost 22. He'll be 22 at the end of February. And he has a little bit over 3,600. So assuming he plays 75 games per year over the next nine and a half years, he would need to average 29 and a half points per game to hit the Kobe mark. Wow. Luca would have to literally put up 30 a game for a decade in order to hit Kobe's um, score mark. That's unbelievable. I don't think it's ever going to get broken. I don't, I mean, Durant, Durant could have, like there was a very, very small chance, but then all those injuries over the last couple of years, I, I do not see Luca being the scoring machine Kobe was. 
No, I don't either. That's just that's so unreasonable to say thirty a game for the next. That's that's crazy though. I know. Like Luca could end up being a, more of an assist guy and end up averaging like twenty seven and twelve, you know, instead of twenty nine and nine. And like then he just wouldn't get. He would be so far by that time that it wouldn't even be close. He'd be like James Harden. I mean, James Harden averaged thirty six points a game last year, and he is still four thousand away from where Kobe was. It's insane. Um, Kobe is just, I mean, there people throw around goat, but I think that there can be goats for different stats and different types of styles. And I think Kobe's the goat scorer. I just think he was a walking bucket. And whenever you needed a clutch shot, Kobe was there. And, you know, it's just something like, like how we talked about Aaron Rodgers at the beginning. Like that's, you need a, a clutch play. You need the ball to be right where it has to be at the biggest points in the game. Like, you know, you can trust him. Kobe is just clutch. You know, that's, He's going to score. He's, he's just a walking bucket. I agree with that. He's my GOAT. Uh, I'm not even saying scoring. I'm just saying he's my GOAT. Respect. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we, we grew up on Kobe. Like, I remember, like, watching these championship games against Boston and stuff and being like, okay, ball's in Kobe's hands, going in the bucket. Like, <laughs> just yeah. a guarantee. Safe. It's a safe bet. Um, he's, he's unreal. It's crazy how he won on the same team with two completely different teams, too. Like, at yeah. two separate points in his career – Obviously, he had a lot of help with each team, but he won like several titles with each squad. Like it, you know, it's it's awesome. It's something that I haven't seen before. LeBron's done it with three different teams, but to stay on a team that long and to win in two iterations of the the franchise, it's pretty amazing. Dude, yeah, um, Kobe really he proved all the like all of it. Like, oh, Shaq carried Kobe at the beginning, which isn't true. But um, then, I mean, even even despite that, he still like then became the best player by far. Yeah, uh, he's just a, he's an all around legend. Yeah, way better than Tim Duncan. For another <laughs> podcast. Another podcast. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna head into the birthdays. Hakeem Olajuwon, happy fifty eighth. Um, oh. Detlef Schrempf, uh is also fifty eight. He's the Grand Teuton. I think that's what his nickname was on Basketball Reference. He's a free throw guy or something. Yeah, I think so. I, I've never heard that nickname, but I thought that was really funny. Um, anyway, those are the two basketball players. They're both 58. It's kind of crazy. I wanted to ask you, though, is Hakeem, speaking of goats, is he the goat of foreign players? With, without disrespect to Dirk or Manu or anyone else who's come over, would you say Hakeem's the best foreign player to ever play the game? Um, yeah, I'd have to say Hakeem. I don't even know. I guess Dirk comes close. Yeah, uh, Dirk's the best European. Right, Dirk's the best European besides Tony Parker. Um, <laughs> no, Nick uh, Batum. Nick Batum. Stop it. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually just watched that uh, with my dad when I was on break. The Tony, there's like a Tony Parker doc called like the Final Shot, uh, <laughs> and it's actually I highly recommend. It's like they feature like Kobe, Duncan, Ginobili, uh, Pop, um, Kobe. The Kobe like he like talks for a while in there. Like Michael Jordan. It's pretty. It's pretty cool actually. Huh. And like they just show like how like. Tony Parker to French basketball is essentially Michael Jordan to like NBA basketball. Wow. Uh, and it actually is like cool to watch like how that progressed. Um, but yeah, uh, now I would say Hakeem, sorry, off that tangent, um, Hakeem Olajuwon is the foreign goat. Yeah. Maybe a little bit by the end of his career, probably. Yeah, could be. I mean, could be. We'll see. Uh, Lex Lumpkin is 15. He is, uh, I think he's like a, a Nick actor, but I would just, this was funny to me because he's a what? He's a Nick actor, like Nickelodeon. 
Um, yeah. I, this was funny because he was the. Did you watch the Saints Bears Nickelodeon broadcast? Yeah, I did. NFL playoffs live and everything. Yeah, so he was the sideline guy in that, and I I thought it was just really funny because they went down to him, and he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, it's crazy down here. Uh, you know, the Saints just scored, and and it's gonna be crazy to see if, if the Bears can score too. And I, I was like, that may have been the worst sideline analysis um that i've ever heard in my life but um yeah yeah he did a good job with that and i thought that the whole broadcast was pretty funny um it's it was a little weird to hear it on nick but you know yeah it was it was a little weird but uh overall it was good yeah, I prefer to hear Tony Romo, but it's all good. Uh, Alex from Target is 23 today, internet meme. Um, still don't believe that someone got famous off of a, a picture of scanning grocery items. And Jerry Trainer from iCarly is 44. He's one of the funniest actors out there. So Crazy Steve also, uh, he's, he, was, he was great. He's just great on, on Nickelodeon also. So a lot of Nick birthdays. Um, well, that is it for birthdays today. Uh, and, and now we're going to do something a little bit different. We have some time because, um, <clears throat> you know, we talked to Noah, but we, we definitely have a little bit of extra time for those who want more unmasked. And we're going we're gonna to give you something special here. Zach, are you a fan of The Bachelor? Um, I can't say that I am, Jordan. Well, I am. And I watch about every other season, which ends up just being The Bachelor, uh, because The Bachelorette is the one after it. And I feel like I just can't handle two in one year. But anyway, Matt James. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Can we talk about that for a second? So yeah. you, you just refuse to watch The Bachelorette? Is it, no, is I don't it refuse. I never get into it. Like, it happens too soon after. So I'll start – like, I'll miss the first couple because I'll be like, eh, I'm kind of over it. And then by the time I get involved in it, it's already too late. And I don't know the people. And I'm not caught up in the drama. And so then when The Bachelor rolls around – it's nothing about the content of it. It's more about my tolerance of watching a show every week. And my Are you aware that you're a sexist? <laughs> uh, it's been brought to my attention. Um, but Matt James is The Bachelor, and he is a former Wake Forest receiver. He's a beast. Um, anyway, he's done a great job. Uh, but I want to I break down, if we do this right after The Bachelor, which we have. Today's Wednesday. We're recording this, and it was Monday night. And so I feel like it's still pretty fresh. I want to go through Bachelor Corner here and just just give my two cents because it was ridiculous this week, Zach. It was honestly despicable. Uh, I I know that you didn't watch it, but I want you to feel my pain because there was an innocent woman. Her name was Marilyn, and she wow. was not doing anything wrong at all. Everyone loved her. She had a great not a great relationship with Matt, but you could tell there was something there. He brought her a flower. She liked him. He liked her. It's very early on. But just because she got in one argument early on with this girl, Victoria, who, mind you, showed up in a crown on the first day and proclaimed herself the queen of all the girls. She's crazy. They got in one fight, and Victoria tells Matt that Marilyn's insane and she's toxic and that she's all this stuff and, and is causing drama. So Matt doesn't give Marilyn the rose. Marilyn goes home. That's the beginning of the episode. First off, it sets it off on, on this horrible uh, wow. start. It's infuriating because she did nothing wrong. She's the innocent, quiet girl. And then, to make that. matters worse, one of my favorites from the beginning, Sarah, who fainted in the first episode in the rose ceremony, ends up realizing that she can't handle all these other girls vying after the same guy and i'm like girl you signed up for this this is what the bachelor's about like you, there are all these girls for the same guy anyway 
she decides that she is going to leave because she can't handle it anymore. And, and before she leaves, she goes to talk to him and she steals time away from other girls, which that's a big no, no. And the bachelor, like time is money. Like to, to be able to talk to the guy is like the whole point of the show. Everyone gets mad. I get that she shouldn't have done that, but it's not that big of a deal. They bully her. It's ridiculous. Like, yes, she shouldn't have stolen time, but she tried to apologize. And it's not her fault that Matt wanted to go up into her room and talk to her. Dude, don't even get me started. This was horrible. She ends up leaving. They leave it on, on that as a cliffhanger for next week. So two bad things happen. Marilyn gets kicked off because Victoria just goes nuts. And Sarah decides it's not for her and just leaves the show. So we are left with a lot of questions after this week. You don't know what's going to happen. My new favorite is Rachel. Um, so if you're watching, I think she's going to win. I think uh, Abigail is a good one. She's actually deaf. Can you imagine going on a show deaf? I think it would be very hard. Wow. That's, so, that's, that's tough. Next time we got to time this to make sure that, uh, that, that I can get it in in a certain amount of time. But that is my, yeah. my wrap up on that. It was ridiculous. Um, I can't wait until next week. And I'm just going to have to put myself through it again because – Lord knows I cannot leave myself hanging like that. It was too much. So, except I'm not going to have anyone to watch with. And I know that my roommates are going to laugh at me if I ask to mm-hmm. turn it on TV. So I'm going to have to just lock myself in my room. I can't blame them. So that didn't inspire you to watch it at all? Um, not so much, but maybe, maybe. All right. Well, to anyone out there who feels my pain, thank you. Um, and we're going to get into fan mail because it's making me mad. All right. We have mail coming in. Um, this is from Nick's Lover, 68, 72, 33, 51, 006 at gmail.com. Are those all like famous Nick's or something? Yeah, I guess so. I know 00 is Anthony. Or no, he was seven. <laughs> he was seven on the zero, zero on Portland. Yeah. Um, anyway, Nick's lover says Kendrick Lamar's Black Boy Fly. <laughs> oh my God. This says, the, the lyric says, I used to be jealous of Aaron Aflalo. He was the only one to follow. He was the only leader for seeing brighter tomorrows. Okay, Kendrick. Should we be jealous? of a guy who's only 35 and hasn't played since 2018. He did average 18 points per game in 2013-14. Does he deserve our attention? Interesting. Thank you for uh thank you for the question. Zach, what are your opinions on Aaron Aflalo? Right, Aaron Aflalo used to be pretty solid on the Magic. Uh, I haven't heard his name in a long time. Is he playing in China now or what is he doing? I don't think he's anywhere. I think he's a free agent. Um, but yeah, he did average 18 points a game. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I'm more jealous that he was on a mid 2000s UCLA team with Russ and Collison. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, not really cool. jealous of his NBA career as much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's only 35. He's not in the league. It's something's got to be wrong there. I feel like it's someone 35, could use him. 35 is like a big age. Okay, it's it's okay to be done. Yeah, but he's. It's not like he just retired. Like his last season was 2017-18. So 18, 19, 19, 20. Whatever. That's like out of prime. Okay. But like 18, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21. This is his third year out of retirement. And he was a guy who put up 18 points a game like seven years ago. I mean, at the point when he retired, he was pretty fresh off that. I, I think he 
he could have been on like one of those LeBron teams where he's the eighth, ninth guy on the bench, comes off to just be a microwave, hit some open threes. Yeah, yeah, he could have been. You're right. A Jared Dudley. I didn't. Really, I don't really know his game that much. I know he's a good. I know he's a good scorer. He was good in two K. He always. Yeah, he was good in two K. The but computer. Someone, actually, yeah. The CPU loves Aaron Aflalo. <laughs> I love shooting him. Well, um, I don't think he'll be on any rosters uh, any anytime soon. Hopefully, Zach Levine will be on the Mavs roster pretty soon or something. Some changes, but NBA uh, seating up. I know that you're happy with the Spurs. Who, who do they play? Play tonight? Anything we can? Spurs are playing. Um, who are they playing tonight? The I want to say the Warriors. They are playing the Warriors. Wow. All right. So and then Mavs Spurs on Friday. Man, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to unpack that next week. Yeah, we Big will. Game in San Antonio. Yeah, we, we may have the whole team back. Get get scared, Zach. Yeah. Should I be scared? Be scared. We got no. it all back. Um. But yeah, good stuff. All right. Until then, uh, be safe. And next time we come to you, I will be in Ann Arbor. So everyone uh, get hype and we will see you next week. Peace. Uh